Hey everybody, this is Joseph Hasek and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to a special soccer show on MLS season preview with the Hall of Famer John Freeman Nelson of OSG Sports in Atlanta. We're going to find out what Atlanta United will do. Giancarlo Lino will find out uh, Giancarlo's Vancouver Whitecaps picks. Vancouver Whitecaps he picks the Vancouver Whitecaps to win the MLS Cup. And Carmen Asako, who looks like he's busy driving all the way to Nino Diversa. Thanks a lot. He, Nino Diversa. Says, let's go out. Let's go out to celebrate your dinner. My birthday. My birthday dinner. No calls. No nothing. John, John Carl, didn't we say, hey, okay, you give us a couple of days and we'll meet you? Did we not say that? No. See? He says no. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyways. Let's get let's get to it. MLS wow. is back. MLS is back tomorrow. Those are three bad words for every club in Major League Soccer except for Portland. You never want to use MLS is back. All right. Well, well, we won't use it, but they're back with an apple. All right. You know what happens with an apple? An apple a day keeps you away from the doctor, except if you're Carmen Asako, who wants to visit the doctor all the time. Right? Right, oh. Carmen? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's first start off with John with Atlanta United. What do you really, realistically expect with Atlanta United this year? I'll go with uh, President and CEO Garth Lagerway's appraisal, home playoff game for starters. I think that if everyone is healthy, and remember last year you had 20, you had 20 different injuries from 17 different players, and you had 37 players get minutes last year for Atlanta United then you're getting Brad Gazan back. You're getting Miles Robinson back. Ozzy Alonso's on the men. Derek Etienne is starting to finally get minutes after the knock that he picked up in uh, Columbus late last year. Uh, so all of the, the folks, all of your, your big guns that were health, uh, that uh, you missed last year, they're getting he- they are healthy or getting healthier. And so you've got the spine of your club intact. You've got Tiago Almada, who won a World Cup for Argentina. You've got Luis Arujo on the right-hand side who wants to atone for a poor, even by his uh, appraisal, 2022. So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. I mean, you got Brooks Lennon on the right-hand side. I mean, you got two of the best. Uh, you got two of the best fullbacks, I think, in Major League Soccer, and Andrew Gutman and Brooks Lennon, who do two diff- two entirely different things. They don't just bomb up and bomb back. They do two entirely different things. So I think that with everyone healthy. Uh, that uh, I think that home playoff game, I think, is a, a fair expectation for everybody with Atlanta United. Uh, do you agree, John Carlo, with his uh, expertise with Atlanta United? I do. I think they're going to have a nice bounce back year. Uh, new era there for them. Uh, Joseph Martinez, obviously, that was a, a big player for their whole existence and uh, their championship. And now it's a, a turning of a chapter. I think they'll be a little bit more successful i don't think it's going to be like a long-term rebuild for them i do see them uh getting a playoff game this year the carm uh yeah yeah first and foremost when you talk to garth Loggerway, johnny ask ask him ask him who the best goalkeeper in the acc was when, when he- <laughs> oh i will i will most certainly do that oh, yeah. Well, yeah didn't we- work out too it didn't work out too well for, for that best goalkeeper because he's driving his car. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I, we had a town hall with Garth uh, a couple nights ago, actually. And we got to talk about his time with uh, Hampton, Road, Mar- Hampton Roads Mariners and in Major League Soccer. And we talked about it. We talked about his, he talked about his dreads. 
And we talked about his time with the New Orleans Riverboat Gamblers, in addition to everything else with Atlanta United. It was a really fun conversation where we talked about pretty much every stop that he had along the way that has the most obscure gear possible. And, uh, I mean, he I think he's got uh, – I think he had time with uh, – I think it was either Miami or Tampa. And he's waiting for his kids to go to school before he puts all those jerseys from the dead MLS teams in frames and have them in his office. By the and way, now he's got – talk about tell him tell him tell him you know me all right see if it brings i will memories. you got you an idea for the next book uh, yeah. but it's saying, it's saying that atlanta sucks um by the no. way this atlanta united segment is brought to you by noble strong it's something that carmen still has still in mind yes still that you're all supposed right. to give me the copy yeah, I'm, and I'm supposed to get a, a birthday present from you, but I still never mind. All right, so uh, we, talk, we talked about fault, Atlanta. Carlos, Joe, let us know when you're available. All right, anyway, I'm available. I'm available. Are you driving right now to my house? I'm available right now after the show. No, no, I'm available tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Are you available tomorrow? No. I can't take these guys anywhere. I can't. All right. Can we so talk much. about Atlanta? Can we talk about how bad Atlanta's going to be? Oh, oh, okay. Let's let's hear it. All right. You're gonna, you're going to go shots fired out of the blocks. All right. Let's hear it. No, no. I think I honestly think the best thing that happened to Atlanta was getting with getting Joseph Martinez off the books. He's now joined the rest of the. Uh, the dedication game group, they just go play futsal and play pretty much five-a-side soccer and into Miami the whole time. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, – but they do need they do need that DP. They do need that, that striker that's going to make a difference on that team. I think we're that they're lacking the, that we're right waiting now. For the, we're waiting for the visa to clear, picking up Yakamakis from Celtic, and uh, we picked up Miguel Berry for, from D.C. United. So we're waiting on Yakamakis – to get all of his paperwork in, and then he'll be the number nine up top. He'll be he'll be that change of pace for uh, Almada, Aruju, Etienne, and everybody else who's coming forward. All right, I, got I, I, I think department. it's a more complete team. I think it's uh, now. I think if they do solve the problem at nine, I think they'll be uh, and Guzan coming back because he was a massive hole. Not only as far as shot stopping and goalkeeping, just leadership on the field that he kind of saw that went out the window but i think that uh yeah but i mean again in, in the, the atlanta situation at allianz stadium they have to they have to entertain that has to be an entertaining team too they can't just be a practical team there's different expectations for that group as well so i think that uh that will be a, a, you know a good thing for the for the league and for the game but not necessarily in the best results for Atlanta all the time all right, so I got a question for Carmen. Will Toronto FC do better than Atlanta, or will Atlanta do better than Toronto FC? Sorry, what was that? Will TFC be better team this year than Atlanta, or will Atlanta be better than TFC? No, there's a lot of quality in their starting eleven, but but the big question again is is they're playing that four three three, probably with Bradley alone. Is he going to be able to cover the space that he once used to? Because you know Insigne and Bernadeschi are going to cheat. Most of the time they're going to cheat defensively. And, you know, will they? 
We can't hear you now. We can't hear you now. You have Dr. Pepper in you from Atlanta, all right? So Giancarlo will take over for you right now. Wow, 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 wow. Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Like Carmen looks like he's in midpoint. It's, he's, 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 he's dropping he knowledge right now. He likes my haircut. He likes the scarves from John Nelson. Like <laughs> he's still talking. Oh yeah, I don't think he. I think I don't think he. Carm, can either, I don't think he can either hear or or. Give him uh, a red card, John Carlo. Give him a red card. <laughs> he's making a great point. It looks like it's yeah. a very passionate one right here. That's a fantastic <laughs> point he's making. Right Absolutely. For all we know, he could be seeing the gas prices are amazing right now. Should I get a haircut now or should I get a haircut after my team wins this weekend? All right, Giancarlo, do you want to take over for him? Is TFC going to have a better year than um, Atlanta United? I think so. Uh, not just being biased, but I just think that you have Insignia and Bernadeschi for the full season now. You had them in training camp. You have them actively involved with your roster. You don't have to bring them up to speed. They know what they're getting into now. Bradley's had the whole offseason to talk with them and uh, get their style of play together with his guys, mesh well. And uh, you have Osorio, Mark Anthony K coming off the World Cup where they're going to want to turn that around. Obviously, they didn't uh, start every game or play to what they hoped they were going to be long-term in the tournament. So this is a proving season for those two. And Bradley... Uh, does he still have it to cover that space defensively like Carmen was mentioning? So I think they could turn around. Sean Johnson, I think, is an unbelievable goalkeeper. And uh, you have that back line there, the assistance with Hedges. So I think this could be a good year for TFC. All right. It's Carm back. Can we hear you from Carm? Can you say a word? All right. No, he can't. This is the best Carmen oh. has ever heard. Uh, oh, heard. wow. We can't hear you. We cannot hear you. <laughs> we can... <laughs> wow. Listen, listen. Oh. Who who, who's that wow. paper for? It's Giancarlo or what? Oh, I, figured, I think it's for the car next to him. I figured it's I was definitely for the car. I figured next I was one. number one with all of my Atlanta United commentary. Somebody wow. cut him off on the road. So yeah, he's out here. <laughs> So let, let me ask John, go back to John. He'll come in. Uh, let's see. He's back in here one second. Can we hear you? No. 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 You're done. Get out. All You're right. Done. Give him the finger. Give him the finger. <laughs> we can't right. hear you. So here, here we go, John. Uh, we talked about Atlanta on somewhat a little bit. TFC, we'll talk about more with TFC myself, John Carlo, maybe Carmen comes in here, but. Uh, any surprise team? Give me your surprise team this year in the MLS. Wow, surprise team. Okay, um, I'm going to sit here and look at the standings and see if there's anybody who's going to be a surprise. Uh, let's see. In the East, so, well, not necessarily a surprise. I mean, you could look at Orlando as a surprise, considering what happened last season, winning uh, winning U.S. Open Cup. Can they repeat and maybe move, you know, increase their lot in life, perhaps uh, in the West? Wow. I mean, the only teams I can think of that could be surprises, maybe a sporting Kansas City, considering uh, the that they will have had a full training camp with the, the guys that they brought in in the summer transfer window. I mean, at the beginning of the season, sporting Kansas City. I mean, I did it and you did too. We all threw dirt on Peter Vermes, saying it was the end of the line because of how awful they were. Then they brought in the the summer transfers, and then they, they didn't finish last, but they did finish well. 
So perhaps a sporting Kansas City getting in toward the bottom of the playoff run. Uh, you know, you're looking for teams that I think that are going to drop this season. I think Minnesota right now probably is not going to be a playoff team. And I'm also looking at it, UNYCFC, considering everybody that you've lost in the offseason. So I don't know if you'll necessarily have surprises. I just think that you may have teams that were above the playoff bar last year below it this year because of the pieces that they're missing. I mean, Minnesota United not having a, a Babelo Reynoso. Uh, the the joke is right now that, that you may as well just call him Reno Show with, uh, his, with his legal issues, and you don't know when that's going to be resolved. You just don't. And I think that without Reynoso, Minnesota United is in a lot of trouble. And I think that with NYC, with all the pieces that left in the offseason, and we had uh, Glenn Crooks on the show, on the morning show uh, earlier this week, and it's now going to be a lot of faith in the younger players for NYCFC. And you're looking at, uh, you know, who's the number one keeper? Is it Matt Freeze? Is it the other guy that they brought in since Sean Johnson, the pride of Brookwood High School here in the Atlanta area, is now a part of, of TFC? You're going to have a lot of faith in guys like Talos Magno. Uh, Santi Rodriguez is supposed to be back in the fold, but that's not official yet. You're going to have, uh, you know, Tavon Gray at the back, Keaton Parks coming off of a, uh, a really uh, a horrendous injury and, uh, you know, surgeries and treatments with that. So uh, I think that NYCFC is, is trending downward for me. I think that Minnesota is trending downward for me. And I think that Sporting Kansas City is probably trending up. Do they make it into the playoffs? I don't know. All right, Car- Giancarlo, hold on. Let's see if we could hear. Let's see if we can hear him. No. All right, enough with you, Carm. You have nothing to say here. I'll translate. I'll translate. Yeah. All right. He's saying my hair looks good, John. Your scarves are fantastic here. He's driving. He's yeah. driving all the way to Nino da Versa because he. <laughs> Carm, come in, come out, and get this microphone or phone to work with. Wow. What what is wow. this? He is not driving now. He's not driving. He's trying. He's trying to show that he needs a new car. Oh, a Toyota. A, a Toyota or a Beamer? What is that? All right, uh, that's a Toyota. Enthralling TV there. Enthralling. All right, John Carlo, go ahead. Uh, wait, he's coming back in. Let's see if we could hear him now. Go ahead, Carl. Nope. nope. No. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so uh, Giancarlo, go ahead. Give me I'm going to go with Charlotte. Charlotte, Schwedersky. He's going to take it up a notch this year. Mm-hmm. I think Schwedersky, last year he had a nice little uh, season there. Introduction to MLS. He's going to build on that. We're going to be talking about Schwedersky in the golden boot race well, at the end of the year. All right, so all right, so then let's play this out. If and you can't, and because of the new playoff format, which is a show in and of itself, and that you know, when that yeah, news we'll broke, talk about that after thirty minutes. Uh, all right, so then taking taking your thought, Giancarlo. All right, so here's 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 how we're looking. Uh, you got nine teams that make the playoffs now. In the East, we'll just go yes, no. Uh, do you think Atlanta makes the playoffs? Yeah, Montreal. Uh, you know what? No, I'm going to say no for now. Charlotte, I imagine you have them in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. No. Columbus. Yeah. DC. Wayne Rooney. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. 
Cincinnati. Yeah. Miami. No. Nashville. No. Borderland. Wow. Uh, New England. Yeah. NYC. Again, borderline. Maybe. Red Bulls. <laughs> Red Bull? Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll be a wild Red card. Bulls, <laughs> the Red Bulls will make it in because they could fly. You know, Red Bull give you wings. Uh, Orlando? Another one? You know what? I'll go, yeah. Surprise there. Philly? Yeah. Toronto. Terry Silver. Yeah. Toronto, he's going to say yes. So that's 10. You got you got to bump somebody out. So you got 10. That's where the wild card comes in. You I think there's going to be. You got 10 teams, nine spots. So who is your, who's your wild card? Orlando. I think, like, we're going to see. I know Montreal, like, they were a great story last year. I just don't know how they're going to do it this year. You lose key pieces. I think they're going to be a wild card. I think the Red Bulls and Nashville. Mukhtar was amazing. But, again, like, carrying that over to another year, I think TFC takes one of those spots. And I think you're going to have a battle in Nashville, Montreal, NYC. I think you're daft, but yeah, oh, okay. So that's uh, all right. So you got you got you got your nine teams, and you and so okay. So now that you said Charlotte, now you can continue the Charlotte discussion because I just want to see who you had making it into the playoffs. And so Charlotte, okay, is in. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, I just think Trudersky, He's he's a guy that I think could uh, be a star over there. It's uh, under the radar because of how he came in and. Maybe can get those goals, but I think having that experience, being around Lewandowski, uh, continuing to be around those players at the national team, he's a guy that will eventually get his minutes there. So I think the future is bright for uh, Shvidersky, and I think we'll be talking about him in the Golden Boot race. And I can obviously be completely wrong, but I'm going to be uh, optimistic with Shvidersky. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, wait, wait, no, I wait. heard Carmen. I heard him. I heard we, that car. We, heard, we hear it. We heard the car. Carm, I'm here. Yay! All right, good. Wait, I got breaking news, and this is—I uh, think all of us know—I got breaking news. I just was texted this literally at uh, twelve forty-nine. Stephen Buffy, famously of the Toronto Sun, has chosen to take a buyout. He is leaving the Toronto Sun. Of course, he has covered—you know—anywhere from hockey, and baseball, uh, TFC, and everything like that. But Stephen Buffy is gone. From the Toronto Sun. That's just breaking news. And I know Giancarlo, we, he sits just ahead of us. He's at uh, TFC games and all that. So he's a good member of the media here. So, uh, and he's a very funny guy. But Stephen Buffery has left the Toronto Sun. There you go. Uh, there's news there. But, uh, Carm, are you back? Yeah, I, I'm, if you can hear me, I, I just can't figure out the camera. All right. We can hear you. We can hear you. So now, Carm, uh, I asked uh, them if uh, give me a couple surprise teams in the MLS. So you go ahead, and then we'll talk about because John wants to talk about the playoff format. <laughs> yeah, I heard John. I heard John say the opposite, like the the Minnesota maybe not making the make, making the playoffs, not doing enough to uh, kind of uh, change things, like get, get things organized. But uh, what what I I, I do see is. You know, I, I I do see Montreal obviously losing losing Nancy, who did a fantastic job with that group. Um, I think that's going to be massive for them. Um, and, and Montreal might be—you never know—they're going to surprise some people. There's there's stability there, but I just don't know if uh, Quintero is going is going to be enough going forward. 
um, and uh, different different other. Uh, they, they just need to they need to buy. They need to buy, and they just need to uh, be a little more uh, productive. I'm not sure what Joey Saputo's thinking right now, but there hasn't been uh, an answer as far as players. So that would be another team that I would add to John's list. You know, with uh, Minnesota. Um, I'm interested to see how Portland's going to do. Um, you know, is is Portland going to be? Are they going to have a better start than usual? Are they going to be chasing things the whole time, like they do? Uh, I, I, again, is is the the Savarese effect going to going to be positive or negative? So lots of question marks, I think, in Portland as well, um, because that that was built, that team is built around Savarese's mentality and attitude and. And uh, so I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, changes there. And then the CONCACAF champions, you know, um, uh, Seattle, how are they going to, they didn't make the playoffs last year, guys. So there's a lot of changes that need to be made there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they change. Giancarlo, stop texting me. He's not driving to Market Lane, all right? So stop texting me that. All right, before we get to uh, the playoff format, let's talk, uh, John, maybe you're you're the one to talk about this Apple deal with MLS. Uh, what if it's not successful? Where do they go? Uh, you know, I think it's a 10-year deal, or how long is it? It's 10, it's 10 years and two and a half double extra large is what it is. Wow. Yeah, two and a half billion dollars. Almost a salary that you, Giancarlo and uh, Carmen, get paid. But uh, t- take us through. You know they have exclusive rights. Affect our Canadian teams. Are all te- are all games still on TSN or only a select few? Uh, select few on uh, TSN and RDS. You get I think one a week, and they're trying to budget out each of the three franchises north of the border to where you get to see you're not just going to be seeing with that one per week you're not just going to be seeing toronto all the time so you will get some montreal in there and you will get some vancouver in there as well well for example tomorrow uh they show they will show the tfc game but regionally uh mm-hmm. if you have a tsn in montreal which is i think tsn3 they're based out of montreal you can see it so it's regionally you can see your team for the first couple weeks then yeah. i don't know what they're going to do or anything like that. They're, you know, the game of the week or the match of the week or anything like that. But how does that affect the United States here? Because most teams are in the U.S. or, or whatever. So is there blackouts? Let's say if Atlanta United plays whoever and they can't watch it. Nope. No blackouts. Uh, the, the, you have, you have partners here in the States who, who are going to be, I think they're going to get their games of the week. It's going to be uh, Fox slash FS1. It's going to be Fox Deportes on the uh, the Spanish broadcast side, which was the big surprise that Tudana did not want to be a part of it. And so it's going to be uh, it's going to be Fox and FS1, and I think ESPN has a handful of matches. But there's going to be a provider that's you have an over the air look and you have the Apple look. And, and the short version is is this with Apple. They are probably treating this as some kind of a test balloon for other sports. I mean, you'd think that maybe the test balloon was baseball and that they're being serious with Major League Soccer, with production and everything. Uh, you have to think of this like a, a TV like a TV series. It's probably the best way that I can phrase it, where you have X number of episodes with each team 
and how are you going to maximize the revenue with each episode of this series that involves your favorite team. So you have the whip around show. You have the pre-pre, the pre-night show at 7 Eastern for the games that start at 7:30. You've got the end of the night show when all the games go final at probably, you know, 12 midnight going for however long it goes. You have all the other ancillary programming during the week. For Apple, it is how do we maximize revenue and how do we figure out, you know, how do we either recoup our investment? Is this a loss leader or are you floating a trial balloon for other things? Say when the Premier League contract is up in seven years, you know, are you trying to treat this as your Petri dish when it comes to broadcasting soccer? Or are you going to add the Premier League uh, at the beginning of your broadcast day? So in theory, you could be going from seven o'clock, six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning all the way till one o'clock at night broadcasting soccer if you had both a, an international and a domestic deal. So that's the thing. That's why you have all of these games from MLS Next Pro that are a part of this deal. That's why you have all of the MLS games that are a part of this deal. That's why you have all of the other programming that's associated with it all. So Apple can turn around and figure out how to maximize revenue and bring in as many advertisers as possible with as many spots available as possible so they can figure out how to uh, recoup anything close to that 250 a year. All right, we'll talk to John for a couple more minutes. Let's uh, go and the playoff That's format. amazing. I'm just... Uh... Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. By the way, the camera again, supposed to be in front of me, not behind me. All right? John, we got you for a couple minutes. MLS announced this week a new playoff format. Beginning the season, February 25th, the end of the mm -hmm. season, I believe the MLS Cup Championship is December 3rd or something like that. So, basically, we got 10 months of soccer. Yeah. Well, and this is the other part to the TV deal, is that with the new playoff format, where you have it like at the NBA, where you've got the 8-9 play-in game, and then I don't know if there's going to be reseeding, even though there should be. Uh, you'd have the winner of 8-9 play uh, number one, and it's best of three. One plays the winner of eight, nine, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. That is best the best of, of three. Five points, wow. five points or best of three. That's what the opening round of the playoffs are this year, and it was announced this week. The conference semifinal, the conference final in MLS Cup, they're solos. What I'm hoping, as I'm a fan of the two legs, I'm a fan of two legs. What I would love to see is, and I know that if you're a coach, Carm, you don't want a whole bunch of stuff dumped on you the week before the season starts. It was probably bad enough that you had this dumped on you if you're a coach the week before the season starts because you've got Major League Soccer, you've got Open Cup, and you've got Leagues Cup this year as well. So you're looking in a perfect world of playing 50 matches, and you get this playoff format dumped in your lap where it's best of three, then it's one, one, and one. What I'm thinking and what I'm hoping is that in a couple of years, when we all get adjusted to this new playoff format, they will make the conference semi, the conference final, and, you know, if they do it with MLS Cup, that'd be great too, two legs. But you don't want to dump three plus six. You don't want to dump a, a maximum of nine more games in a team's lap right out of the blocks. That's why I think that they went with eight, nine, and then best of three or five points and then solo, solo, solo right now. That's what you're getting with Major League Soccer. But the thing is, you're now going to get 
five out of every eight teams, 62.5% of the teams in Major League Soccer will now make the playoffs. So this sets probably unfair expectations on coaches, and it probably makes triggers a little quicker for those teams that don't make the playoffs because so many teams are being let in. 18 of the teams are being let into the, to the playoffs now. So you're going to have teams that don't make it probably have quicker triggers and getting rid of their coaches. And then what's the expectation and what's the allowances for the coaches that just get in that are the six, seven, eight, nines? Do they get an extra pass for a year? What about the, you know, the eight, nine that had a below 500 record say those kinds of things are what we're now going to have to gauge when it comes to coaches and their longevity because of all of these teams that are now going to be in the playoff picture. So, uh, I, on that note, gentlemen, I will leave that to you to discuss. But I think, like I said, I think with my hand up in the air, this was stage one to a 50-episode television series involving each of these teams. How do we maximize inventory in each of these markets? And you do that by expanding the, the inventory that you have for TV series. And that's why, uh, that's why I think you ended up with three, one, one, and one for now. As apparently the first half hour of the show is brought to you by Noble Strong, Lessons in Destiny. There it is. Great book on a, a great family in a small town when it comes to high school football. His copy and his copy are there. They, they, they exist in that office. So when you guys catch up, you'll get your copies of that book, Noble Strong, Lessons in Destiny. Go to Amazon, do a Noble Strong or a John Nelson search, and there you go. Gentlemen, I will catch up with you soon. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. That's Hall of Famer John Freeman Nelson of OSG Sports in Atlanta. And uh, now we're going to switch it here. Or you guys want to talk anything else about MLS, uh, John Carlo, before we get to CPL? And I got to ask Carmen, I, I'm seeing a York uh, sweater and all that. Carmen played, uh, his team played today, right, Carmen? You're just hot off the pre- pitch here, right? All right, they give destroyed. us an update. <laughs> give us an update. You destroyed those guys. No, no, we played. Uh, we played uh, TFC two. It was, a, it was. It was a good game. It was a good match. No, no, no. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. John Carlos said you destroyed him. What was the score? Uh, well, we played four thirty-minute halves. So in the, the the ninety minutes, we we tied one-one. In the extra thirty, we actually scored and, and beat them two-one. But um, it was. Uh, it was an exercise for us in defending and transition attacking. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, good that came out of it for both groups. They're, they're a very talented group as well. And they have uh, a lot of upside. They have some fantastic players. I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of their players. They have, uh, I believe his name's Alonzo, a Mexican player that just came in. I, I, I can't see how they're going to leave him off the first team. Just a great six Great pass of the ball, great vision, great. He's a very good player. You know, they probably brought him in to uh, to one day replace Bradley, but very good player. I think he played about sixty minutes today and was just it was it was a good group. Johnny Chimini does a fantastic job there uh, with uh, with uh, Toronto FC two. Um, and last year, I, I believe they had lost in the semifinals and had a great season. Um, you know, he does really good stuff with this young group, and it'll be interesting to see how well they do in these, this MLS next pro. All right. And, and your team, your, your team, uh, what, what were the pluses and were there any minuses? Uh, because I know what you're going to say. Every, every game, there's a minus. We could work on this. We could work on that. But for once, Carmen, for once, smile, do your hair. What were you happy about? 
I was happy about like I mean a lot of our guys are going to be playing in the uh, Canadian Championship. A lot of these guys that play today, uh, you know, a handful of them will be part of it, and a handful will be part. Well, a good part will be part of the League One season, and it's it's uh it's it's about suffering. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know how we're affiliated with Vaughn Soccer Club. Well, from that League One team that did really well, and you know, won League One Ontario. Uh, probably five guys already have gone to pro next level. Um, a few guys have, have moved, tried to move on to different pastures. So it's going to be kind of a rebuild for us, but we, we still had a lot of depth and it'll be interesting to see. And obviously we have Montreal in the first round, so we're going to have to suffer a lot and, you know, and, 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 and see where we're at. Uh, um, so yeah, we're, we're using games like this and, and other games coming up um to uh to kind of prepare ourselves prepare our our mentality for not only that one game but for the season moving forward what's next for you uh your next matches well we kind of have a closed door scrimmage against york united coming up on sunday um just just like we call them exercises we call them we kind of do scenario stuff well as far as i'm concerned we do kind of scenario stuff um whether it's a score scenario, whether it's, you know, minute scenario, whatever, depending on what the situation is. Um, but uh, everything I hear from about York 9 right now, York United, sorry, is very good. Uh, they've got a lot of talent in that group, and, and I think they're going to be fighting for a CPL championship this year. So I, I have a question regarding, because you are on the field, on the field, and then you probably watch some matches from up above or, or in the stands or whatever and you're the coach, I've never asked you this, what transition do you see when you're on the field, do you see differently than when you're on top or uh, sitting in seats? And what differences do you see? Absolutely. I mean, the, the vantage point, a different vantage point, a different perspective gives you gives you a better idea of spacing, a better idea of, you know, where you can, where you can be a little more successful in, in, in attacking the, the opposition or where your deficiencies are in taking away space uh, or where the disconnections are. All those things are very visible when you're up higher. You remember that, that World Cup, I believe, uh, CBC or something did that vantage point yeah. from from Rome. Uh, uh, they didn't, I don't think they did it this one, but they had that World Cup, the prior one to prior to this one, they where they had the vantage point of the drone kind of down on uh, – and it, it gives you a different perspective on you see the tactics, you see the movements, you see, you know, what, uh, what spaces you can attack and what spaces you, uh, you, it just gives you a different vantage point, probably a little bit um, more clear picture on, on uh, what you see, what you can see and where, where the deficiency are or, or where the timings of the situations are different, all those things. So yeah, I, it's important. I think all coaches need to, have someone someone's eyes up there as well. So we try to do that during the well. Okay, now this is the time to to not get Carmen in trouble. So Giancarlo, I'll start off with you. All right, the She Believes Cup. All right, the She Believes Cup uh, just happened this week. Canada, four teams. Canada finishing last, U.S. first, and all that. And there was some controversy before the the tournament starts and all that. Um, Go. What did you think of the She Believes Cup? And talk about the controversy if you want. I honestly didn't really watch the She Believes Cup, but uh, I'll talk about the controversy. Uh, they feel like they've been mistreated in a way. Uh, 
equality has been brought up a lot. So uh, obviously support them because they're going to be in a World Cup coming up. So I think if they're not getting the financial resources they believe they should be getting, I think that's wrong. And uh, it's about, you know, fair uh, on both sides, uh, funding. And if they're going to be, I guess, disgruntled, maybe like going into the World Cup, it's not going to have the best results. So it'd be unfortunate because Christine Sinclair, obviously you don't know if this is her last one. So it'd be nice if uh, Canada soccer, CSB and uh, the Canadians women national team can figure this all out and uh, move forward. All right. Do I even ask Carmen to rebuttal here or like he's saying he's keeping tight lip here. Uh, Carm, uh, if you don't want to say anything, it's okay, but take us through. Uh, last week. So I said a lot last week, I think, I said enough. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like we talk, I talk, We talked about the the balance to the imbalance and the reasoning why and and the only reality is you know the when in 2000 from whatever it was 2012 to 2015 16 the women were at least given two times the amount of money probably more money and resources than the men's team. Um, you know, no one, no one really said anything at that point. So yes, uh, I believe in hundred percent equality, but if, if you're complaining that the men had a couple extra camps, it was because they probably had to qualify a little longer than the women. And it was a different circumstance. There's circumstances to everything. Um, and, and I, and I do know that the women are receiving as much money as the men for, uh, the, for compensation for the men's world cup which is absolutely correct, I think. Um, and uh, I just, I just, you know, I, I, I was part of the national program when there was imbalances and, and, you know, no one said anything. I just wish we would do a better job supporting the CSA, understanding, well, and the CSA needs to do a better job of being a little bit more transparent. Um, but I think that there's, uh, there's, there's, there's issues there that um, don't really show the whole picture right and uh and, and then that, that that picture needs to be complete and, and everyone needs to see it so i encourage the csa csb to to make sure that they complete this picture because uh yes there's obviously a reason the women feel slighted um uh and i i am not sure i i wish they would be open and the csa would be open and up front for the reasoning behind this because I mean, facts are facts, and, and most of uh, the last, up to maybe the uh, last few years, the women were, were you know, uh, had more resources than the men. So, so uh, I ran last week. I will not repeat it. We move on. Yeah, no, we'll um, move on. I, I'm just going to ask you about uh, how disappointing is the, the tournament. Brazil, I thought they were playing with some players out of position. Um, you know, some players that are, are tired-ish because a lot of them are in Europe now doing a lot of work and they had, they had some injuries, but I thought Bev Priestman did a very good job in organizing the group. I think she found out a lot from the group. She found out a lot of things leading into this World Cup and uh, we'll, see a, we'll see a very competitive Canadian team moving forward for sure. 
All right, so that that's uh, I won't touch on anything else because, like you said, go back here on Fired Up Network and check out uh, last week's uh, soccer show because uh, Carmen was really uh, bang on there. So there you go. Let's let's turn this uh, last ten minutes we have here into MLS because we couldn't hear anything from what Carmen said or whatever. So Carmen, uh, forget about the you know Apple and all that. Let's look at you know. Is there a group of five teams that could win the MLS Cup, or is it anybody can win? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think LAFC coming in, uh, they, they've they've made some changes, but they probably are the favorite team. Uh, I think uh, uh, LA Galaxy. I think Seattle will recover because they have too much talent, uh, too much resilience, too much grit for that team to kind of stay where they were. On the East, yeah, I agree with John. I said there's a lot of uh, a lot of changes anywhere. And, one, you know, one of the, uh, we'll call them juggernauts, isn't going to be so so strong at this point uh, in New York uh, City FC. Uh, I think that uh, that'll be a, a transitional part. I mean, New England, which went from first place to not making the playoffs, that's going to be an interesting uh um, there's a lot of projects in the East for me. There's a lot of projects with not a lot of stability. And Toronto FC fits into that project mentality. Uh, you know, everyone's questioning where they're going to get the goals from, from their nine, if, what number nine they have in, in Dia and who they're going to bring in. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of question marks in the East. Um, and I don't see any real oh, Philadelphia for me is going to have that chip on their shoulder and, and probably still the best team in, in, in MLS. But you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a sprint. It's, it's, it's a long race. Um, and the, the most consistent team when it matters most, I don't think we've established that in the East yet other than Philadelphia. Um, uh, other that, that, that's pretty much for me it right now that, that that should be considered a favorite in the East and the West, obviously LAFC. I think Seattle's going to make a massive comeback, um, and then uh, and then you know then the, there's a lot of uh, question marks there, but there's a lot of good teams there in the West. All right, I'll, I'll get to Giancarlo now here. Giancarlo, uh, TFC opens up against DC uh, tomorrow, seven thirty, Audi Stadium. Here, I'm going to ask you two parts here. If TFC has a slow start like they did last year and the year before, is Bradley, could he be sacked, put it that way? And uh, Wayne Rooney, what do you expect from Wayne Rooney? Yeah, I don't think Bradley's going anywhere. Uh, It's not going to be a Chris Armas situation. He was brought in to turn this around, and uh, he's been given two players to do that. There's one DP spot still there, so... They'll hit the panic button if they need to come July. So they'll evaluate throughout the season to see what part of their roster they need to fill that gap and take their the next six months to figure out who can be that guy to come in. Uh, I think TFC are going to be fine. I think they got Sean Johnson now in net. Uh, Hedges is more stable back there. Um, you got Insigne Bernadeschi all season coming in from training camp. They're not coming in halfway through and – getting acquainted with everybody. They know what they're expected of. So I got TFC winning tomorrow. Tomorrow. And what about uh, Wayne Rooney? Uh, what do you expect? Because, you know, when uh, maybe I should ask Carm, when you have like an all-time player and then move into coaching, 
but he's not usually successful. That is a burden on on the great player, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's sometimes very difficult translating the intuitive to the practical or to the theoretical. Um, like, uh, and then uh, I'll use our example. When I started at TFC, there was Mo Johnson there, who was a fantastic player, an incredible player, but had trouble putting training sessions together that would would kind of uh, match what his his intuitive abilities were. So that that's important. Coaching. Um, you know, philosophy and putting your philosophy on the field, um, reacting to different moments or situations. Right? That, that's, that's, that's not about intuition. That's about education. That's about um, uh, and adaptability as well. Uh, but it's, it starts from uh, education, a level of education. And, and, you know, Rooney it was an incredible player, probably one of the best players England's ever produced. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's tough for him probably to put that that that, that theoretical uh, stuff in motion when he sees things so easily, and it's not easily to translate that to players sometimes. So yeah, that 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 could be something for sure um, that um, that he's having trouble with as far as the tactical side of of it is. But uh, you know, and the key is surrounding yourself with people that can, can that can do that because. Uh, the most important thing about Mo Johnson and, and and Wayne Rooney was their was their presence and was their input on their 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 you know their mentality their winning mentality all those things you know are 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 very uh, you know they they spread so that's what Rooney can give uh, the proper mentality the proper winning attitude but uh, you know on the other hand things don't happen just because you know you say them or you 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 are them. You have to have more to your intuitive abilities. You have to have that that theoretical ability. You have to have that tactical ability, which, you know what, he may develop as time, and there's been amazing players that have developed at time. You look at Carlo Ancelotti, you look at, Carlo Ancelotti, you look at Pep Guardiola, uh, you know, uh, and then you look at other ones where they weren't so good players or they didn't have that, like Klopp and, and Mourinho. But, uh, but you know, there's there's uh, there, you have to have that... Uh, that, that, that education, that theoretical ability to translate. It can't just be because of your persona or because of your, uh, your intuitive ability. So I think that's going to be the biggest test for Rooney um, and, and how he's going to translate his message to his players, which, you know, I, although the sample size wasn't complete, it was still big enough to say that, hey, DC United, they, they didn't get it. They, they, weren't that, they weren't good. And you know what? This is going to be a massive test for them against TFC. Who's going to be the you know the ultra more talented more talented team, and they'll see how they react. So let me ask, uh, getting back to to you, Carm here first. Which team in the MLS has the most pressure on them as we start the season? I mean, because we're here. I think. Uh, well, I think Philadelphia has a lot of pressure on them to win it. Obviously after what happened last year and how the ups and downs and ebbs, ebbs and flows, um, you know, it's a playoff league. Uh, you have to be at your best when you have to be at your best. And Philadelphia was incredible, uh, but wasn't, didn't finish the job. So that's a lot of pressure for them to get, to get to where they were and better. I think Toronto FC and Bob and Bill Manning and Bob Bradley 
more Bill Manning than Bob Bradley. I agree with Giancarlo has more pressure on him to make sure that they recover because this is a big, this is a buying team. This is a big, big city team. Um, you know, and they're not, they're not owned by Manchester city, like NYFC that, that can kind of put their, can they can put products or they can put potential players uh, in the group. No, no, this is a big time program that needs to win. Toronto FC has a lot of pressure on them because of the money they spent because of the, 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 uh, what, what MLSE is in the community. Um, so they have a lot of pressure on them to win right now. And, and I think that, uh, Miami, because they spent, spend, spend, and uh, I don't have to tell you there's talk of Messi and all that. Every year, Miami seems like they uh, – what about Miami? Miami's pressure is coming and entertaining. They have to entertain. That's it. Miami is the, uh, is the entertainment capital of the world. Like People are different. There's parties. There's And Inter-Miami has to emulate what the city is. Their city is 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 a, is a you know is a a show every night you know and there's parties and there's there's beautiful people and that's what uh, Beckham and and company you know strive for uh, they they just don't have the practical uh, ability right now from from me to be champions uh, they don't surround uh, themselves they didn't surround Iguain and and company and Martinez right now and Pozuelo with with uh, with the players that are gonna. Gonna, they're going to be attractive and they're going to be fun to watch, but uh, you know that that's probably not going to translate into uh, into the playoffs or or a playoff run that makes makes any makes any makes makes an impact. You've been around millions of cities. You've been playing. You, I know you're going to say Milwaukee or whatever, but give us two or three of your best cities that that you know. Forget about playing the games. They're actually. I went in there. And it's actually a nice city and all that. I mean, I had some good times and in, in some some. Uh, obviously, Miami was was amazing. Um, I had some. It's good just times because of the weather in Miami, right, Carmen? It's because of the weather. Yeah, the weather, just the weather. I I had some. It's just amazing. I had some incredible times. A great city that doesn't get enough credit for me is, is Nashville. Nashville is a fun place. Nashville has a lot to do. Um, I like that city a lot, you know, uh, maybe it might be the, the kind of Midwest in me from, from uh, places like that, but I love Chicago as well. Chicago is a great city. New York is incredible. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, as far as, as, as awe, awe enacting cities, I think that <laughs> Miami for sure. Um, uh, and um, New York for sure. But as far as cities that that, that are, are you know are complete and and full and, and it's it's nice to be at. I thought Nashville was was incredible as well. It's a great city. You and you played in Milwaukee, and, and from what I hear, Milwaukee is a very unsung city there. That you know it's very quiet, but they you know if they love you, they love you, right? So take us through. Well, Milwaukee. I, I was there uh, Harley Davidson's hundred anniversary. At least the last thing it was was quiet. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. And they didn't give you a motorcycle for your, I hear you were the best goalie ever. They didn't give you a yeah. motorcycle. No, no motorcycle. No motorcycle. No, Milwaukee was a great city. Great town. Uh, lots to do. Great people. Um, you know, um, but th there's been other cities that are incredible. I mean, you, you just California cities and, 
I mean, those are things to, to, to behold as well. You know, the Santa Barbara's and the San Diego's of the world, uh, San Francisco's, you know, just beautiful, incredible. Like this, there's, there's, there's so much, so much to do in, in North American cities. And, you know, I, I, I was playing in like the, 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 they, they call it the second division, but it was, it was, uh, well worth it, you know, playing in Seattle against Seattle back in the day, um, San Diego back in the day. And, and um, San Francisco was in a place called Salinas. You know, a lot of a lot of great, great places that just uh, you know they 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 evoke they invoke awe and you know different stories. You know, so I used to be a big reader. So uh, and Jack Kerouac, minus the drugs, was really good. Uh, so you get to see a lot of what he saw. You know, and I, that's it. So okay, we're what. Soccer show, Joe. This is what the you soccer show. You're, you're world famous. Oh, John Carlo, what's his uh, name? The headmaster coach, man. Come on. I'm going to ask you one more question before we talk. Okay. You mentioned. Hold on, hold on. You mentioned you're, you're, you're the coach. And that. Okay, listen, listen. You, you mentioned you're a coach and it takes mentality and all that. Do you, as a coach, every day learn how to get better because players you probably tell okay they got to practice you got to learn how to get better you got to defend you got to do this what are you as the coach because nobody ever hears how much pressure and how what you do every day as a coach take us through like daily as a coach okay you lost or you won five nil or you lost four one do you go back into your office and and say okay I got to practice this we got to be this we got to do better this way or or whatever take us through that um, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the coaching, like the, 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 for me, coaching is also adaptability. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like the most coaches are not Pep Guardiola or, uh, Arteta or, or Klopp. They, they have to be adaptable and they have to be kind of very, um, uh, flexible. All right. They're like the Pep way and all that stuff doesn't always exist you know from year one of york university students to year four of york university students you know obviously all relative comparing com comparing it to your competition but there's so many situations that that you need to be adaptable to and you need to be you need to be um you know player first mentality as well um because a lot of coaches kind of get stuck in the whole pep guardiola i'm going to invert my wing back my my wing back i'm going to play uh, tiki taki soccer all the time but but you know that's not the case you have to be adaptable to like the, the truth is in the youth sport or university system where the players aren't as technical or at, you have to still have to find a way to be uh to win number one and to find a way to be um efficient efficient and give them the proper skill set to get to that next level for cpl mls whatever usl whatever it is so there's, there's a lot of things as a coach that you want to, obviously, player development, winning, um, all that stuff has to come into play. And, and, but but all, importantly is, is, is setting a standard for your players and to be better people as well, but mostly to uh, – see, that's, that those are all encompassing things. Like Pep Guardiola has his philosophy, his system, and he does it to a T. And, but, but no one ever notices how he adapts to things. You know how Jurgen Klopp went to a four-four-two for a while because they couldn't get any attacking options and they couldn't they couldn't break down defenses and they're they obviously still struggling and 
who knows what they're going to come out with after they gave up five goals against Real Madrid. So that's that's adaptability. So there's changes. Um, uh, you know, the only coaches that I, you never see change 1,000% are probably Pep, are probably Conte. Uh, you look at you look at Inzaghi, what he's doing at, at, at Inter, it's, it's very, very, uh, you know, very direct and very uh, defined and very, you, uh, it, then that's good for players. Um, but there's also different types of philosophy. And, and us, as coaches, as whether it's semi-pro or, or middle pro, you don't always have that, that, that uh, uh, ability uh, to, to be stubborn. Not stubborn, but to, to be sort of set in your ways. You have to have flexibility. You have to have flexibility in your pressing. You have to have flexibility in, in, your, in your building out of the back, how to break down teams. For me, that's, that's, that's what I enjoy about uh, what I have to do as a coach. Okay, one one last question as a coach, and then we'll go to Europa League and Champions League and all that, and then we'll ask John Carlo what. And I'm going to ask you because I've never asked you this as a coach. What was what is your biggest regret? Biggest regret as a coach? Well, you know what? Not coaching me, the president of the provinces of Canada, right? Oh no, no, no! I I don't have many regrets about like. I don't know if, if it's if it's a lack of ambition. I don't think it's that, but I think it's always kind of being true to yourself, right? Putting integrity first, doing the right thing first. I think that it's like you know on my on the field for on the field and what what what's happened as a coach. That's been a number one priority. Um, I don't have regrets. Regrets. I, I mean, I don't have regrets. You know, not adapting to the masses of what pro soccer could be at times because, you know, I was at TFC for a, a, a while and you know what, it, it, it's not, it's not in my, my character, nor I was brought up this way, not to, to slight my integrity to, to, to get to the next levels or slight what I think is right. Um, and on the other hand, I've been with some fantastic people in the national program as well, where I've learned so much. So, you know, uh, regrets, I don't. I don't think I can walk around with regrets or, or uh, you know, like I just. I'm just lucky. I've been lucky to to be with good, a great support system on the field, you know. And, and I've watched my peers and player people that that work together with me, like Patrice Geyser, do amazing things and do get get you know going to Halifax, which is you know that's something we celebrate. And I'm I'm so happy to say that we celebrate that stuff because. You know, and we've given those guys like Patrice the mentorship and and the ability to grow and the ability to become a better coach and become, uh, you know, better than myself. So those those are that's important, um, and I'm happy about Let me look that. At so the other way, then. Let me look at the other way because we we always talk about negative. What was what is your biggest accomplishment that you? Let's say as a coach, forget as a player in Milwaukee drinking uh, with Laverne and Shirley, but uh, in, <laughs> as a coach, what has been your biggest accomplishment? I mean, as a York coach, biggest Anything. accomplishment. As a, and you're, what you would say. As a York coach, like, I'm, I'm being sincere when I say this. Some of the best accomplishments is giving kids uh, the academic opportunity to fail and then coming through it with a degree. I had kids like Jarek Whiteman who was a, who never got an opportunity to be a pro, but he fought his way. And the most proud moment was when, you know, we, we had his graduation ceremony and he he graduated. There's other kids 
that that have gone through that. And then, and then you know, there's other kids like like again, this name comes up a lot, but there's a, a Ryan Telfer, Mark Anthony K. Their resilience, um, you know, being part of that, challenging them. That that's those are accomplishments in my eyes. Uh, you know, being being good prognosticators for talent as well. Um, you know, pushing players like Jonathan Osorio because of, you know, what his potential is. And, and it's, I don't think he's reached his potential. I think it's a massive potential. So all those things are things that, 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 that I'm proud of. And, and you know, me and, and our new group, we have a kid, um, you know, he, he came from Uganda, U20 kid, Canadian kid, just just giving him opportunities to get to that next level, him, him being able to play against TFC2 today and, and just, you know, excelling at points, making mistakes at other points. But you know what? I, I hope to see, see him become something special. That's important for me. All right. So that's uh, Giancarlo has been quite quiet for 20 minutes here. So Giancarlo, Nations League action yesterday. They had Nations League. Let's uh, recap the Nations League and Champions League. Go ahead. Yeah, Manchester City is what I saw uh, the <laughs> other day. So... I don't what know what Juventus? this. What about Juventus? Come on. Yeah. What about Inter? <laughs> what about uh? What about, <laughs> what about all, all the Italian teams are doing well in the European Cups right now? All right, Roma, Lazio, uh, Fiorentina, Inter. You know, Milan. Look, all those teams have done well in the, in, the, in the UEFA in the Champions League. It's 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 long time coming, but let's hope it uh, continues that way. Real Madrid was like Liverpool. Whoa, they're such like what a transition they made from being incredible to you know fighting for the obviously Real Madrid in the final to, to the second half debacle. Wow, uh, lots to fix. But but what what great entertainment! Um, Manchester United, Barcelona. You know, Ten Hag for me has established himself right then and there as as a very good tactician. Um, you know, not only tactician, but coming into a situation where he was down um, and, and having that, building that belief in his group. All, all kinds of, you know, soccer has been fantastic um, and lots to come. Yeah, it's, it's great to see all these teams because up, down, up, down, and, and we don't have to talk about the EPL, right? Every, John Carlo, you'll start us off with the EPL I know what you're going to say, your your favorite team or whatever, but it's been bunched up. And, and for one guy, and, and Carm, you know who I'm talking about, Norm, uh, Chelsea, very disappointing season. What do you think Chelsea would do now? Giancarlo or me? Oh, that was you, 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 you oh. first. Uh, Chelsea, this was bound to happen, whether it's Potter or whether it was uh, Tuchel. It's bound to happen because of their plethora of talent and and the inability to to have that consistency. They have so many players bought right now that they're, they're, it's like, is it? And you look at Pep, Pep, Pep. He he rotates three or four, maybe five. Right, gives the young guys opportunities here and there, but his core is his core. If you you tell me who Chelsea's core is. I couldn't tell you right now. They've used so many players, many different positions, so many different situations. Um, they don't. They don't have a core. And I'm not. I'm not asking you to put a top eleven. 
I'll ask you to put a top 18, 20, 24, that, that they don't have that consistency. I think Potter um, needs to stay the course. I think getting rid of Potter, Grand Potter would be a disaster for Chelsea because I think he's bringing that stability. And, I, and you look at the, the game against Southampton, that, that, that was a, incredible, like how many chances they created. And Raheem Sterling, who, you know, is in the prime of his career that needs to finish those chances. But it's still, like, it's still good football. It's still, it's much better than it was under, you know, uh, Lampard. I think that, uh, that, 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 that they're heading in the right direction. But I, I just think that they need to find out in, in player selection what that actual d- direction is. Um, you know, you know, Zayic and Polistic and so many players that are alike and so many players that, you know, uh, that, that, that play fantastic football, but there's just no, there's no, for me, there's no firm answer. There's no one way to do things. And that's not because of Potter. For me, it's because of the way, uh, the way that the, the rotating door has been, you know, and Zayic has been given opportunities at certain points. And, you know, their backs, obviously a nasty incident with Espilicueta. Just, yeah. just, it's just, there's no stability. Uh, Silva, who's been somewhat stable, but, you know, he's now 36 years old, 35, 36 years old. So those are old legs. So, yeah, lots of question marks for Chelsea. But this was bound to happen. This was bound to happen because of uh, the just too much. There's too much. There's too much talent. There's too much everything. Um, and losing Conte. And losing that, uh, that that kind of we talk about we use the word stability a lot in that midfield is 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 terrible as well. All right, Giancarlo, give me your thoughts on EPL, and then we'll close it out with something else. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just surprised at Fulham the kind of season they've had. They're three points out of the top five, and Mitrovic has continued to scoring at this level. I think the he's one of the players I think are going to be uh, circled around at the end of the year. I think other teams are going to look at him. I see him maybe going to one of the other top three teams, maybe even Chelsea. They'll add him to their bench, or maybe he goes somewhere else in Europe. But I think he has a big money move after this year just because of what he's been able to do with the championship and not the Premier League and his second shot there. And if he can get Fulham to a top five finish, I think he's a guy that could be uh, on the move. All right. And I got to, you guys mentioned Italian. I got to mention Spanish. Sergio Maramos says, Hasta luego. The coach doesn't want him. Carm, have you ever had a situation where a player says bye-bye because the coach doesn't want you? Sergio Ramos of PSG? Sergio Ramos of Spain. Spain uh, coached. Oh, oh. yes, yes. Well, I mean, they're bringing in a new coach. I don't know. Luis Enrique is done with the national team, so he's uh, he's, still maybe up for selection. I think that's, uh, yeah, I think could they have used, would I have selected Sergio Ramos for the World Cup uh, with, with the Spanish team as they were? 1,000%. But, uh, you know, uh, Luis Enrique is, I mean, the, the whole uh, the whole situation of Real Madrid versus Barcelona, uh, that may come into play, but so a lot of his selections were, you know, the Barcelona style, the Barcelona way, but for me, Ramos is, is I mean, they sort of probably thought he wouldn't be good in the locker room not playing. There's all kinds of issues. But I, I, the way he played and the way he's played for Spain, 1,000% I would make Sergio 
Ramos a selection. All right. So uh, we're going to close it out here, but we have a question from Carmen's best friend, Marty Roberts. Marty Roberts wants to know, give me your prediction between TFC and DC, uh, the score, because he's going to bet on uh, one of these betting sites. Go ahead. Uh, TFC, if you look at their preseason, you know, underwhelming, uh, very underwhelming. But I think that this this DC is is preseason not prepared. I think it'll be at least three one TFC. Three one TFC, John Carlo. What do you say? Four nil. Four. Oh, TFC. he said no. He said no. You know what that means, Carm? We gotta go celebrate at Nino Diversa. John Carlo, tell everybody how they get a hold of you. Nil. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, John underscore 411, Instagram, John Carlo underscore Alino. Check my articles out on firedomnetwork.ca and sportskeeda.com. And uh, if you're in Toronto, check me out on Vibe 105. Uh, our most recent interview with uh, Tracy Murray is airing, so tune into that. Yeah, I, I, I saw that interview. He talks about the NWO. When is Carmen Asako going to be part of the NWO? Carmen, I know you wanted an NWO shirt and everything like that. Come on, NWO, right? All right, so uh, Carm, I'm not going to give away your your address or anything like that. But Carm, what do you have planned for this week? Nobody get a hold of Carmen Asako. He doesn't want to be bothered except by Joe. So, what do you have for plan for this weekend? We're going to uh, the soccer summit in Ottawa for a day, um, and then, like I said, we have a little scrimmage on the Sunday back here. Um, so just, just working, 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 and this soccer summit should be interesting. Um, Mr. John Herdman himself will be there presenting. Um, so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. And, uh, I'm sure entertaining for sure. All right. And and by the way, next Friday is the NHL trade deadline show. I've talked to Carmen Asako. He's a huge Maple Leaf fan. Carmen Asako, there will not be a soccer show next Friday because I'm doing wall-by-wall coverage of the NHL trade deadline. Carmen, you're going to be one of our insiders for NHL hockey trade deadline show. How do you like that, Carm? I'm just amazed that Terry O'Reilly is still playing hockey. Terry O'Reilly, that's right. Not Ryan (laughs) O'Reilly. Terry O'Reilly playing. uh, O'Reilly was a Remember Terry O'Reilly back in the day? Yes, in Boston. Boston. Come on. I remember. Giancarlo doesn't remember that. Come on. I'm still playing hockey. Good for him. By, by the way, what a, what a goal. Three goals for Ryan O'Reilly. The Leafs, my, Minnesota Wild tonight at the Scotiabank Arena. Carm, you, let's break it down. Your pick. Uh, four, four, one, four, one. Four, <laughs> one. Three, no, oh, five two Leafs. Yeah, he's five two Leafs. You right score a goal. Uh, Terry O'Reilly might score a goal. Yes, that's it. That's so, there you go. Terry O'Reilly. Don't forget he'll, TFC. He'll probably, fight, he'll probably fight Rick Vibe. So Rick Vibe, yeah, for that one. And and and, and Miroslav Feature. Don't forget about him and Peter Inerchek and all that. And Peter Ing, the goalie. And but are, don't forget this Saturday. TFC opens up the regular season, but do you know what starts also Saturday? Spring training, the Blue Jays. Carm, do you have the? What are your thoughts about the Blue Jays renovating Rogers Center? And now the seats, instead of twenty dollars, going to cost you two hundred dollars. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, Rogers Center is a staple here. Then they it's about time they, they renovated it. Uh, so, no, had some good times in that place for sure. A lot of good stories. Okay, you're talking you're talking about old Milwaukee, right? Again, okay, yeah. All right. No, I'm talking about the sky. You're talking about what? Remember the sky. Yeah, but, Sky Dome. Sky Dome. Yes, I know. Remember? You're talking about the hotel room that 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 you know. <laughs> I, I had to call you and text you. Close the close the curtains and all that. That's I know. All right. So for John Nelson, John Carlo Lido, and Carmen Asako, this has been the the soccer show here on the Fired Up Network. Everyone, stay tuned for more great programming and have a great weekend. And say bye to Carmen Asako. Tell him to close the curtains. <laughs>